Well, hey there, my name's Eric Gray, and I'm the Young Adult and Family Minister here at the Regency Church of Christ. I just want to take a minute and say thank you for checking out this message. If you're ever in the Mobile area, we'd love for you to join us on Sundays at 10 a.m. And to find out more information about Regency or to listen to other messages from this series, we'd love for you to check out our website at regencycc.org. And we're praying that this message will help you grow closer to Jesus. So Psalm 111, 1 to 4 is our text this morning. Praise the Lord. I will give thanks to the Lord with all my heart in the company of the upright and in the assembly. Great are the works of the Lord. They are studied by all who delight in them. Splendid and majestic is his work and his righteousness endures forever. He has made his wonders to be remembered. The Lord is gracious and compassionate. Most of us have heard about the seven wonders of the ancient world. And the only wonder of the ancient world still in existence is the great pyramid of Giza. In the 19th and early 20th centuries, some writers compiled lists of seven wonders of the Middle Ages, which included the Colosseum in Rome. In 2001, an initiative was started to choose the new seven wonders of the world from a selection of 200 existing monuments. Included in that list was the Great Wall of China. In 2006, USA Today revealed a list of new seven wonders, and included in that list was the old city of Jerusalem, as well as the Internet. We have lists of the seven natural wonders of the world, seven wonders of nature, seven wonders of the underwater world, seven wonders of the industrial world. Well, all of those lists of wonders got me to thinking about some wonders of the spiritual world. The text that I read from Psalm 111 reminded us of the great works of the Lord, how they are studied or or, or pondered by all who delight in them. And then you have that powerful statement that he has made his wonders to be remembered. And that's what we're focusing on this month here in November is thinking about and remembering some of those wonders of the Lord. They are to be remembered by all of us. And I wanted to share a few of those with you this morning. Number one, God is everywhere and aware of us. Proverbs 15 verse 3, the eyes of the Lord are in every place watching the evil and the good. Psalm 93, verse 1, The Lord reigns. He is clothed with majesty. The Lord has clothed and girded Himself with strength. Indeed, the world is firmly established. It will not be moved. Psalm 97, The Lord reigns. Let the earth rejoice. Let the many islands be glad. Psalm 99, the Lord reigns, let the people tremble. 
He is enthroned above the cherubim. Let the earth shake. So Psalm 93, Psalm 97, Psalm 99, all begin with those three powerful words, the Lord reigns. Not clothed so much with fancy robes and crowns and jewels. He's clothed in majesty and strength. And because he is robed in strength, he is almighty. We may face some strong and mighty things in this life. But we serve a God who rules on high. The Lord reigns. He rules over every area. And we know that the world is firmly established. His throne is established and his testimonies stand firm. No greater or no reign greater than God. No rule stronger than God. He is still ruling from mainland to island. That's one of those wonders that I want to always remember. God is on his throne. God reigns. God is in control. Number two, God's love is unparalleled. For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son that whoever believes in Him shall not perish but have eternal life. Paul in Romans 5 verse 8, But God demonstrates His love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. And we sometimes sing love so amazing, so divine, demands my soul, my life, my all. So as Wayne led us in this morning, how do you explain? How do you describe? A love that goes from east to west and runs as deep as it is wide. Cast around wherever you want. Look in any history book, in any library of any culture, anywhere in this world. And I want you to look for an example of unlimited, unconditional love. And I'll guarantee you that you will come back every single time to the amazing love of God revealed at Calvary. Love so amazing, so divine, demands my soul, my life, my all. Now today, of course, is Veterans Day. And I am so thankful for all of our veterans, for those who've served in the past, for those who are now serving, for their sacrifice, for their dedication, for their devotion, for their love. That is a great love, and I have no doubt about that. And I'm thankful to all of you. My dad served in World War II. My brother served in Vietnam. I'm certainly, that was in my family, and I know we have people here who have, have served. And that is a great love, and I'm very, very thankful, you know, for that. But God's love is unparalleled. And when I think 
that God, his son, not sparing, sent him to die. I scarce can take it in. God's love is unparalleled. And that is one of those wonders that I will, I want to always remember and never, ever forget. But number three, lost people can be saved. Matthew 1, verse 21, She will bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. And Peter declared in Acts 4 and verse 12, And there is salvation in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven that has been given among men by which we must be saved. So Jesus came in order to save us from our sins. And Peter proclaimed that there is salvation in no one else. The lost can be saved. But it must be in accordance with God's plan of salvation. I know we're living in a culture that is spiritually inclusive, that at times is tolerant and pluralistic, but we hold to a faith that has a certain exclusivity, exclusivity about it, if I can say it, and Jesus is indeed the way and the truth and the life. And as he said, no one comes to the Father but through Christ. But that is a wonder, isn't it? Lost People can be saved. Number four, there is great power in faith. Hebrews 11 is a chapter all about faith. And our author defines faith for us in verse 1 of chapter 11. Now faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. So the assurance of things hoped for, it is the conviction of things not seen. And then in verse 6, our author tells us of the extreme importance of faith. And without faith, it is impossible to please him, for he who comes to God must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of those who seek him. And the rest of the chapter we might designate as a demonstration of faith, and I find the overruling principle of the chapter is that faith saves when faith obeys. We avail ourselves of the power of the gospel through faith. True Bible faith is confident obedience in God's word in spite of circumstances and consequences. Faith enables us to understand what God does. Faith enables us to see what others cannot see. As a result, faith enables us to do what others cannot do. There is indeed great power in faith. Another wonder, spiritual wonder. And then number five, peace is granted to those who have faith. Romans 5 and verse 1 is the first of three significant therefores in the book of Romans. Therefore, having been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. The therefore of justification. 
Now, he'll talk about the therefore of sanctification in chapter 8. He'll talk about the therefore of consecration in chapter 12. But he begins here with the therefore of justification, that we are justified by faith. As a result, what? We have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. The pursuit of peace is a universal human obsession, whether it is international, industrial, domestic, or personal peace. And yet more fundamental than all of these is peace with God, which Paul says comes as a result of our being justified by faith. Number six, there is life beyond death. John 11, verse 25, Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me will live even if he dies. That promise rests upon those powerful words of Jesus that I just read. We have a living hope because we serve a living and risen Savior. 1 Peter chapter 1, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who according to His great mercy has caused us to be born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead, to obtain an inheritance which is imperishable and undefiled and will not fade away, reserved in heaven for you. Now you want to talk about an inheritance. That is some inheritance, isn't it? Imperishable undefiled, and will not fade away. Now, we see those kinds of things happening in this world, but that's not going to happen according to the promise that God has made to us about that living hope based upon the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. So, a living hope. And so, there is life beyond death. And then God has prepared a place for us. John chapter 14, Jesus said, Do not let your heart be troubled. Believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many dwelling places. If it were not so, I would have told you. For I go to prepare a place for you. If I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to myself, that where I am, there you may be also. What a great spiritual wonder that God has prepared a place for us. So, of course, heaven is a prepared place for a prepared people. And, of course, Scripture encourages us to be prepared, to be on the alert, to be watchful, to be diligent, to be vigilant. That's a part of what we have to do as we live our lives here upon this earth. But God has indeed prepared a place for us. Well, here are seven wonders, and I'm sure you could probably add others uh, to your own list, but seven wonders to be remembered. God is everywhere and aware of us. He's got his eyes on the evil and the good. 
God's love is unparalleled. I will never be able to adequately explain to you the love of God. I will not be able to even comprehend the thought of having to give up my son. But I'm always struck by that passage we read from Romans chapter 5 where you know Paul talks about, you know, if you give yourself for a good man, that, that, that's something. But God demonstrates his love for us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Always remember that love. Lost people can be saved. There is great power in faith. Peace is granted to those who have faith. There is life beyond death. And God has prepared a place for us. Some wonders of the spiritual world. And as the psalm said, He has made His wonders to be remembered. So we want to remember those wonders and we want to be thankful for those wonders every single day. We're going to sing our song of encouragement here in just a moment and there may be someone here today who is ready to respond to the gospel of Christ. And the Word instructs us to put our faith in Jesus Christ to be willing to repent of our sins, to be willing to confess that powerful name, and then to be buried with our Lord in the waters of baptism, to be raised up to begin walking in that new life. If there's anyone here today who is ready to take that decisive step, we would encourage you to come and to do that this morning. But we also want to encourage anyone today who desires the prayers of our family here to come and to share with us what may be on your heart, and we will pray with you. We will try to encourage you. We will try to be there for you in any way that we possibly can. So this is part of the invitation for any you to come and to respond uh, to our Lord today. So if we can help you, would you let us know how we can do that as together we stand and sing?